Now let us go into the reading of the day, and we are reading from Matthew chapter 1, from verse 1 to 7, uh, 17, sorry. You'll forgive us because our time is a bit gone, um, but we thank God because today was a Thanksgiving service uh, that we have spent time in hearing uh, God's faithfulness in our lives. Matthew chapter 1 from verse 1 to 17, and I'm going to read. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, and the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was a father to Isaac. Isaac was the father to Jacob. Jacob, the father to Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, uh, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rehab. Uh, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Uriah's wife. Uh, Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Uh, Jehoshaphat, the father of Je Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Ezekiah. Ezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Ammon. Ammon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers uh, at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah, the father of Shiltiel, Shiltiel, the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, the father of Abihud, Abihud, the father of Eliakim, Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor, the father of Zedok, Zedok, the father of Akim, Akim, the father of Elihud, Elihud, the father of Eliaza, Eliaza, the father of Metham, Metham, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus were the 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to exile, uh, to exile to Babylon, uh, Babylon, and 14 from exile to, me, me, uh, to the Messiah. And that is the word of God. Uh, let us pray for our preacher as he brings the word of God to us. What a wonderful day, Lord, as we thank you to just see the genealogy from Abraham to Messiah. And as we interact with your word, Lord, we pray, Father, speak. Speak through your servant. Speak to your people. We are ready to hear you as you speak into our lives, Lord. So, Father, would you just come and take your preeminence? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, uh, Reverend Irene, and thank you, music team, and thank you, all of you, for coming. And some of you are uh, seated under the sun. The Lord give you grace. Um, we have been sitting for a while. And it has been good. Hailing praises to the Most High for what he has done to us. But there are those that are wondering, what do I stand with? Thank God, even by faith, for the things that you are about to receive. Thank God for a new year. The things that the Lord is going to do. Because he is faithful. He has a season for you. So please let us stand, all of us. We've been seated. And... Um, 
And what you do, um, just look at a neighbor where you are. Uh, don't go there. This is a new season. Uh, look at a neighbor and say, the Lord is good all the time. And let the neighbor say, and all the time the Lord is good. <laughs> and for that, let us give a clap unto the Lord. Thank you very much. Thank you very much also online viewers and uh, those that will walk uh, with us later after this, that will be tuning in later, walk with us. And the, everything we will do this month of December is in the series of Press On with Emmanuel. Press On with Emmanuel, the sermon of today is based on that. Next Sunday and every other time this month, we'll be talking about Press On with Emmanuel. And the particular topic we have today, born among sinners. We have just read very many verses there, but the summary, the title of today's sermon is Born Among Sinners. This is an account of the origin of Christ, Messiah in Hebrew, and Christ in Greek. Christ is in Greek, and the Hebrew name is Messiah. Both means the anointed one that we find also in verse 18. Now we see skeletons and strange past of sinners as Matthew presents the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Matthew writes this gospel and, to, and presents, it, uh, presents Christ Jesus as king. So the, the gospel of Matthew and his style is to present Christ as king. Now, he uses kingly language and royal instruments, but before that, he sets forth this tainted lineup, and um, he traces the ancestry of Jesus the Messiah. Now, frankly, like you would believe, with, you agree with me, this actually looks a, a rather dull way to begin a book, much less to launch the New Testament, because this is the first time we are interacting with the New Testament. So I'm wondering, can, can, can any editor in Kenya or this world accept such an opening for any book? Even when we write books and take for review, nobody will accept something like this. It's a very dull way of introducing the New Testament and actually presenting Christ as king. One may actually wonder why God would take up space in the Bible with this boring list of difficult to pronounce names. Were you able to pronounce all of them, Pastor Irene? You were struggling. Yet you know how much time you know in the Bible school. And yet you can imagine. It's still hard. Um, and it's really boring to, to pronounce the names of people who lived thousand years ago. Halfway around the world. How is it even relevant to us, we ask. Sociologists and anthropologists are very interested in the gene genealogy or family history. What you read here, family genealogy, means family history. Now, it's important to them because it promotes a sense of belonging. It promotes a sense of belonging. Affinity, you know, affinity, the, the feeling of family, and the self-identity. So, this, all this is for purposes of social, social repositioning. When you look at the past, you want to reposition yourself socially based on who you are as the Kasims, us, the Muturas, us, the Kamaus. Somebody has said that if you know much about your ancestors, it is likely that you know of a few skeletons in your family closet. The phrase refers 
to family members whose shameful ways and deeds the family would rather remain hidden from public view. This father exposes a few gaps in your life that you would like to work on definitely. Now I do know some few things about my ancestors personally. I can even name several of my great-grandparents. I was told about very shameful things about some. And I have no permission to expose it because my sisters and, uh, and brother might actually be watching. And they have not given me permission to do that. But some of the things you agree uh, with me, that uh, they, could be, they could be very ugly. Some are very great things anyway about them. And uh, I look back to see myself in the mirror. In the mirror. I have lived to thrive on uh, encouragement of my great-grandfather, Musiemi. Because my mother, my mother's name is Musiemi, whom I am named after. And he was a great-grandfather. But I have had to fast and pray, a prayer of deliverance, to disconnect myself from some aspects concerning my lovely great-great-grandfather. But until I broke loose in the name of Jesus, life continued to pull me down in some patterns, including my pastoral ministry. That is it about our family trees. Very important to look back. This is why Matthew, Matthew, this great scholar, this economist, decides to take us through that ugly... That. So the Bible does keep the door open on the skeletons in the family closets of its uh, heroes. Even when it comes to tracing the, uh, uh, the ancestry of the Messiah, Matthew shows us the unsavory characters in the Lord's family line. All the people mentioned in the, in the Lord's family tree died. They are not alive today. We too shall pass away. And we shall stand before the judgment seat of the just, majestic, and merciful Lord. Summary of all this genealogy as we reflect on Christmas is that God sent a savior for sinners and that he fulfilled his promises in Jesus Christ through the concept of his Immanence. Immanence. I M M A N E N C E. Immanence. Somebody look at a neighbor and, and say, pronounce that word. Immanence. Now it comes from Emmanuel. Comes from Emmanuel. So we are discussing the concept immanence. Now loneliness has led to human destruction, depression. Separated marriages and social withdrawal are all the things that we see that are related to a feeling of loneliness or aloneness, if that is English. Many times, life sidelines us with the teeth of rejection. Young people here, particularly young, couple, uh, young adults, or even colleges, now life is beginning too early. We were beginning relationships later in life today, even in primary school, and we have, you hear of uh, this guy, <laughs> you hear of this guy who is 12 years old talking about my ex. You know, you're wondering, your ex, hey, when was someone present, and when did someone disappear, and now he's called ex, 12 year old, my, neck, my ex, you, you know, you know what, I, what I mean, it has actually depressed me to death, my ex. And if life of X is beginning at 12, my friend, at 80 years, woo, we need the Lord. We need immanence. We need Emmanuel. 
So we have uh, the, the life teeth of rejection, failure, despair, and lostness. Other times we can only hear sounds of uh, life laughing at us. I have listened to people are saying, life is laughing at me. To be alone is worse than to be broke, actually. I think you agree, especially young people now agree that to be alone, to be single, in fact, everybody hates single. To be single, now I'm wondering. We, by the way, all of you are single. But that is only from here, that uh, you are single. But ask the youths. Most of them think they are not single because they are friends. To be alone, and they will tell you, to be alone, it doesn't mean the friend is for anything, but it's just company and being there for me. They talk about best friend forever, someone being there for me. Now that's the problem of today. To be alone, they would agree, is worse than to be, a, to be broke. That's why women live longer, because their social networks rarely allow aloneness. That's true. Men, 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 we, we, we die early. If I were to ask you how many of you have grandfathers, your grandfather, there will be very few, but grandmothers will be many. They are still living and going on because of their social connectedness. Now, when loneliness strikes, it can kill from inside. Worse of it, sin separates us from God. It gives us guilt which sends us into a prison of hiding from prayer and fellowship. You run away. I can call you the runaway believer. What has taken you long to come back is that guilt of facing the Holy God. But you are alone in your new sinful life and it has become a prison of hiding. Now, immanence is related to the name Emmanuel, which is God with us, the sinner. The concept of God's immanence solves man's problems of loneliness, therefore. Let us study this immanence a bit more. And we have several points here that God desired that the sinner would not wander alone. That we are called wanderers. We wander because of sinfulness, but God designed that the sinner would not wander alone. Emmanuel is one of Christ's most precious names. It is a combination of two Hebrew words that together mean God with us. The Gospel of Matthew explains that Christ received this name in fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. In the Bible, uses the name Emmanuel mostly in connection with the incarnation of Christ. The first time we hear the name is when Isaiah prophesies the virgin birth of Christ. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall, be called, shall call his name Emmanuel. We see this in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Now the birth of Emmanuel to the Virgin Mary fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah 7, 14, the, the sign given to us about 100 years earlier. Now partly fulfilled in her time, because he actually did bear a son. And the son was to be called Emmanuel as well. But uh, the idea was God wants to deal with the loneliness of that generation. But it has finally been fulfilled through a Virgin Mary to finish human thirst for companionship once and for all. Praise the Lord. God wants to deal with our companionship once and for all by bringing Christ, who is called Emmanuel. 
Isaiah spoke these words to us, king of Judah, who was being threatened by surrounding nations. And when you read the context, you find that, sadly, Ahaz had no interest in God being with him. Despite that, Isaiah told him, a person named God with us would come. In the fulfillment of time, Christ would become incarnate. Incarnate to be born like a man. So that he can live within us. And that he would bring everlasting presence to us. So he would be born of a virgin. Thus escaping the corruption of David's line. While remaining David's son. So the truth conveyed by this, this name. Has both a glorious beauty. And a wide range of blessings attached to it. Number two. God calls the sinner to the beauty of Emmanuel. First. God designed that the sinner would not wander alone. Number two, God uh, calls the sinner to the beauty of Emmanuel. And number three, God immerses the believer in the blessing of Emmanuel. So we are now number two. Christ has become an incarnate savior and that's the beauty of Emmanuel. He has come to lead the sinner to repentance Restoration and a glorious promise of eternal life. But he has also come to become the captain of our salvation. He hasn't come as an angel or some spirit, manifesting himself from time to time. But he comes to take himself as bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. No other religion can give such comfort and hope except Christianity. That's a fact. That's a fact all other philosophies. Religious philosophies, no other religion can give such comfort and hope except Christianity. Matthew's list has a broad spectrum of people. Some we know about, but others we know only by their names here. There are, there are kings and there are commoners in this list, isn't it? In this list, what do you find? You find kings, you also find commoners. But there are, unfortunately for the passionate Jews... There are some women on the list. Also three of those women were Gentiles. The fourth was married to a Gentile. And three were notorious for immorality. The list is obviously not fabricated. It's not exaggerated. Because no religious Jew would have put together a list like this. If he were writing to impress his readers with a pedigree. Or the, the, the family connection with the Messiah. So one common thing for all the persons in this name rota, if I may put it, is that they are sinners who need a savior. Let's review their need for a savior. Please, if you are with me, if you are still with me, if you are still with me, if you have not yet gone to 2021, could you tell me some of the women that you find there? Any woman that you find there? We are, of course, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. We find some women there. One of them is called Tamar. And this Tamar is brought here to give the impression that uh, Christ has brought salvation for sinners. Tamar's story occurs in one of the most sordid chapters in the Bible, Genesis chapter 38. Her father-in-law had taken a Canaanite uh, woman or wife who bore him three sons. Judah took Tamar, a Canaanite woman, as a wife for his first son. But that son was evil in the Lord's sight. In the Lord's sight, so he took 
um, his, so the Lord actually took his life. So the son did not inherit this, this Canaanite woman. So Judah then told his second son to go into Tamar to conceive an heir for his deceased brother. But when that son dodged his responsibility, the Lord killed him. Judah then promised Tamar that when the third son grew up, she would be married to him, but he either forgot or ignored his promise. Tamar then disguised, disguised herself as a prostitute, hiding her face under her veil, not knowing that it was she, Judah, had relations with her, and she became pregnant with twins called Perez and Zerah. Perez was in the line that led to Christ Jesus. This is what you find in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. That's Tamar for you, a prostitute, yet she is a grandma of our Savior. A prostitute. Tamar. Now why? Now why? You probably, you probably would be happier that your pastors here have come from nice families. But we might be sorry to, dis to, 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 to disappoint you that everybody has skeletons in their lives. And all of you here who are doing very well, probably at the backyard, there are skeletons. Here is one of them for Christ, exposed, a prostitute for grandmother to our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, we find Rahab. The idea for Rahab is that the salvation that Christ brings comes to sinners by faith only. Rahab, verse 5, has come down to us in biblical history with the title, The Harlot. In, great, uh, in the great New Testament chapter of faith, Hebrews, we hear, Hebrews chapter 3, says, By faith Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. But James in chapter 2 verse 25 states, In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by, justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? There is no contradiction of course here because James is only making a point that genuine saving faith is not merely intellectual. It also has works. The demons have that kind of faith but have not, are not saved. So rather, saving faith always results in a life of obedience. Rahab proved that her faith was genuine by her obedience in risking her life to protect the Hebrew spies, even though she was living in sin. The bottom line here in Hebrew, between Hebrews and James regarding Rahab is especially important in our life today. The fact that Rahab is listed here as the wife of Solomon shows that she turned from a life of prostitution. By faith in God's promise, she experienced the salvation of the Lord. By his grace, she even became an ancestor of the Savior, the harlot. There are very many wonderful women in the Bible, but they are not mentioned as part of the genealogy of Christ. Number three is Ruth. The salvation Christ brings is for Gentiles condemned by the law but redeemed by grace. Please listen to this particular one. Ruth. Like Tamar and Rahab, Ruth was also a Gentile. She is a Moabite and that's outside of God's covenant people, not like the others because they are, she is a Gentile. The others are Jews. 
So now, unlike her, unlike these others, and Bathsheba, Ruth was a moral woman. Among these women, it is actually Ruth who is moral. The others are immoral. But there's a problem. She was married, she was married to a Jewish man who died. When her mother-in-law decided to return to Israel, out of love, Ruth, Ruth chose to go with her. Now she made a great confession in Ruth chapter 1 verse 16. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my, my God. But as a Moabite woman, the law of Moses excludes Ruth from the people of God. So as such, she is a type of those who are good moral people. They are not flagrant sinners, but they are still under the curse of God's holy law. So we have Ruth of today condemned in the society and targeted for shame and probably listener and those who are here, maybe you are the Ruth of today. You are targeted for shame like Ruth. You are targeted because you bore many children out of wedlock. You have your children and because the father is not there, the world talks about you. Sometimes they even discuss you in public. Sometimes they tell you on your face that you are irresponsible. Targeted for shame. Others are targeted because you are divorced. Yet, people don't care to know how you ended up in divorce. Others have targeted you because you are unmarried in a family where everybody is married. And some other people are targeted for any other form of social misfitting. Behold, Emmanuel. Amen. Behold, Emmanuel. Who works with you, dear believer? Oh, dear child of God, redeeming you by his grace, you can walk on high shoulder again because of Christ has done for us on the cross. The last person we are seeing there is Bathsheba. The salvation that Christ brings is sufficient to persevere or to preserve his people in spite of their sins. Bathsheba is referred to as that one of Uriah. And you know her very well. You know that she tempted David, and you know that she was a prostitute. She was immoral. She set the environment to test the greatest king ever lived. But we have an assurance, uh, uh, Paul says in uh, Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, we have an assurance that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ. But Sheba's place among the ancestors of Christ allows us to see God's grace in preserving his elect, even when they sin. Praise the Lord. How can Bathsheba be here? How dare Matthew put it here? Because Christ is open. The Bible is open. Just like we need to be authentic and open before the Lord. The last thing we are discussing as we close is that God immerses the believer in the blessing of Emmanuel. Now that the Son of God has taken to himself our nature, there are many blessings represented in, the, in his name, Emmanuel. And these are the things, quickly, one. God with us, who is Emmanuel, will reconcile sinners to God. On the cross, he could promise a repentant thief that he would be with him in paradise. That is to say, in fellowship with God. That on his last day, God can re uh, reconcile a sinner. And this is why, please, during funerals, burials, 
Please don't judge. Don't say this was not a believer. On the last day, if someone has strength and can get something, a fresh reflection, you can repent and Christ will be with you. Because he promised the sinner. There are very many times pastors have been called. We have been called to go to the hospital bed when someone looks like he's dying. And someone will say, Pastor, I don't think I'll make it. But I want Christ in my life. And there are those that have received Christ on their dying bed. Because God with us, Emmanuel, will reconcile the sinner to death. B, God with us, who is Emmanuel, will guide, empower, and expand his church. Having ascended into heaven, Christ is now no longer with a believer, physically on earth, but for sure his immanence is with us. Yes, as the, as the, as the catechism um, of uh, Heidenberg expresses so beautifully, with respect to his Godhead, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is at no absent, as he is no, at no time absent from us. He is always with us. In his grace and in his spirit and in his Godhead, in his majesty, the Lord is always with us. He will guide and power and expand his church. Yes, as, the, as, 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 as we look at it, at the close of the gospel of Matthew, Emmanuel promised his church, Behold, I am with you. Always. Matthew chapter 28 verse 20. Emmanuel has come. And as he walks with us, he promises us this is towards the end of Matthew. Behold, I will be with you always. I will never leave you. The believer will never walk alone. Jesus is the social balance of this life when all else goes evaporating into the air. When you have become an adult and you don't need to be with your parents anymore, that care in the morning where you have to ask her, your parents how you look. My children always in the morning when they dress up, they somewhere we meet. Dad come and they go around, Dad, how do I look like? And I am there for them. But a day will come. A day will come, my friends, the parent will not be there for you. And you know what? After that, maybe you get married. And you know what, friends? When you get married, sometimes the husband is not there for you. The commitment evaporates. The commitment of the, of, of the wife evaporates. And some other people are in marriage. But you better because then you chose, okay? Okay? Please, vumilia uh, too. And uh, the grace of God be upon you. This is the life we live. But you know what? At the end, sometimes you lose your job. And the workers, your fellow workers... Do not even care anymore. You don't see their cause anymore. Sometimes you leave church and the pastor and the congregants don't look for you anymore. When everything else has evaporated into the air, the balance of the social, bal the social balance becomes Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. Praise the Lord. The last thing we reflect on is God with us will comfort his people. In the midst of very chaotic circumstances, he's a very present help in trouble. Psalms chapter 46, verse 1. Christians need to, to, not, not to fear. Even when the earth shakes and kingdoms rage, God's presence with his people is constant. The Lord of hosts is with us. Believer, God is near you to help you and to protect you. God with us will bring people, his people to glory. In Revelation chapter 21, verse, verse 3, of the new heavens and the new earth, where God himself shall be with them. In glory, 
the presence of God with his people will be perfect and uninterrupted. Revelation 22 verse 4, he tells us that when we shall even see that we shall actually see his face in broad daylight, I am even afraid. And as the music team comes here so that we can conclude in a song together, brothers and sisters, in glory, the presence of God with his people will be perfect. Now we are rehearsing it. Sometimes we don't see his presence. When the troubles become too much, when we are overwhelmed with rejection, and the pain and the things that are happening here, his presence is still with us, but it shall be perfect one day. We shall be uninterrupted in this fellowship. We shall see his face in broad daylight. I don't know how he will look like. What do you think he will look like? How will Christ look like? Probably, first of all, I want to see the marks on his hands. And the ribs from where the blood came. But I know that I will see him as he is. Fear not, Emmanuel has come. The captain of our great salvation has come. His presence is here with us. He doesn't need to come. I don't think, agree with some of the songs we sing. Some of them talk about that God come and do the things that you can do. Yes, that's fine. But the correct thing is that it is us to enter into his presence. Because he has already come. He is Emmanuel. His immanence is so sweet, encompassing us. Immanence. Come, believer. Come, sinner. Come running, because Emmanuel waits on you. You stand up again, and we can sing a song here with the music team. Nasema Asante. Please let us stand up wherever you are as we close. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We will sing about your praises all the days of our lives. Emmanuel, who is the balance of our social life? Who will never leave us nor forsake us? Who is calling us into salvation? Who is ready the lion of the tribe of Judah and the king of Zion? Who is a great warrior? Who fights the chains that bind us? We will always forever give praise unto you. The Savior who establishes the church. The Savior who establishes families. The Savior who fights for us. The Savior who brings tears of joy and replaces the tears of our pain. The Lord who knows the timing, who knows the seasons. The Lord of yesterday is the Lord of today. And you are the Lord of tomorrow. Lord, you know what is best for us, Lord. We thank you because you are in charge of tomorrow. We know that, Lord, you are full of surprises. The pains of yesterday will become the pains of joy tomorrow. Because you will never leave us nor forsake us. Even when we are down and when we think everything has gone down, Lord, you have never forgotten us. We thank you for the whole year of your presence, Lord. We reflect on your presence, Lord. If you were not here with us, Lord, what would you have done? Yes, Lord. Father, give us this song every day. 
and every day and every hour because you are faithful. We have found you to be faithful even as we go home. We want you to know, Lord, that we are grateful. We are thanking you even by faith for the things that we have yet to receive. Because we have a testimony that, Lord, every day and every hour you are faithful. And therefore, Father, accept our gratitude to you as we go home. We trust you, Lord. We trust your presence. We trust your ways. We trust in your timings. We don't doubt you, Lord. We know that you know what you are doing. And you will turn our cry into a smile. Even as we walk with you. Daily, closely walking with you is sweet. And we will abide there. Give us the strength and the grace to hang on there. Because Lord, your help is coming. You are a great God. And Lord, may you bless your children. May you protect them. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May his providence be sufficient for you. May he be merciful to you and gracious to you. May the Lord protect you this week. May evil nor catch up with you. May the Lord give you a song on Sunday to say, Ebenezer, he has done it with me. May this song be yours. Every day, Lord, is faithful. Lord, I pray for your faithfulness upon your children. I speak a new door in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak against this oppressive spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak against this oppressive spirit of rejection in the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit of self, low self-esteem, we break you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, these locked doors, the spirits of the locking doors that you have not closed, we command them are uh, defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. And dear Lord, we confess by faith that 2021 is a better year. We confess in the name of Jesus Christ because you are able to do all things. A new season of revival is coming. A revival to do your will, Lord. A revival to obey you, Lord. A revival to remain in tune with you is coming. A season cometh and the season of pain endeth. Because, Lord, you walk with us. This is my prayer for you, with you. In the name of God, with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Please turn to our neighbor and, uh, uh, and say the grace. Let us not eat the mood of prayer. It is a grace. Let us say the grace to one another. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen and amen. God bless you. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus.